Hello, and welcome back to Exhaling Words, the language podcast where I just get to talk and you just have to listen. I'm your host, Aaron, and thank you for tuning in for another week. So, as I was thinking about what I wanted to discuss this week, I had a couple topics sort of converge, and this is probably going to turn into multiple episodes, and I'm hoping I can divide them properly, but... So, Norru's just happened, and for those of you who don't know, Norru's is, uh, we typically describe it as the Iranian New Year. Norru's is the first day of spring, it marks the start of the Iranian calendar. Um, It's not just an Iranian holiday, insofar as, you know, the modern state of Iran is concerned. Um, It's really a holiday that's celebrated all over um, the Iranit or Iranic world, so places where the um, historically Iranian world has had influence. So everything from nearby places like Azerbaijan or Armenia, um, although it's not as really as big in Armenia, to, um, you know, places in Central Asia. Um, It's also, you know, it's just, it's uh, spring equinox, so, you know, or Yes, spring equinox. I had to double check that. I was like, solstice? No, spring equinox. And um, so it's also celebrating, you know, there's historically, you know, uh, Celtic holidays around this or pagan holidays around this, whatever term you want to use for this. So it's not just an Iranian holiday. However, in my realm, I often think of it as an Iranian holiday because because I spend time with um, Iranian friends. I go to people's houses. We have parties, whatever. And, you know, a lot of my social circle is, you know, from that region. So, in my mind, that's what it is. So, you know, Norus. Anyways, so I thought that, okay, it's Norus, let me talk about Persian, let me talk about, I don't know, Iranian linguistics, and my, you know, half-assed PhD that never came to fruition. And um, I had a lot of topics come to mind. Obviously, some of them are very, like, linguistic-related, and then some of them are also... Um, very personal about language learning. So actually, I think I'm just going to keep this intro and I'm going to use this for the next several episodes over the next several weeks. So let's start. Okay, so this is part two of um, hopefully just a two-part series about the differences between the three major dialects of Persian. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, where I sort of laid out what are the three major dialects of Persian, and I got into differences between them in pronunciation and uh, in some very basic sort of um, grammatical or sort of word choice features, then please go back and listen to that. (laughs) Um, Because today I just want to hop right in, and I want to do the last two sections. And yeah. So let's go. So last week I talked about differences in pronunciation, differences in defining the dialects, differences in pronunciation, and then I got into sort of differences in grammatical pronunciation, so how grammatical forms that exist across all three are sometimes pronounced differently. And so this week I want to hit sort of the last two major features in the differences of these dialects. The first one is word choice or vocabulary. Usually that sort of would be the last one I hit, but I want to make sure I get it out of the way before I go into grammar in case I start rambling. And then the second one I want to talk about is morphosyntax, or mostly grammatical features that either exist in one dialect or or appear differently across the different dialects. So let's talk about the question of word choice. So 
The Persian language has come into contact with a lot of languages uh, throughout its history, most notably Arabic and Turkic languages. Um, Arabic really takes its toll on the Persian language right after the Islamic conquests of Iran during the, let's say, 8th, 9th, and 10th centuries. And then the Turkic invasions through Central Asia, or what? what's that, 13th century, 12th century, 13th century, 14th century, something like that, around that area. So those are probably, without a doubt, the two largest influential languages on all three dialects of Persian. However, we'll see that sort of the ratio of influence of one language to another between the three different dialects sometimes changes. From a very general perspective, we often say that Arabic obviously has the largest influence on on the Persian language. Um, I've seen estimates that range anywhere from 20% of everyday vocabulary to over 50% of everyday vocabulary. I think this number probably changes based off of dialect as well, but, um, but that's generally the rule. So rather than worry about numbers, because honestly I'm not super worried about numbers, I just want to talk generally really quickly about sort of what are the languages that have the most influence on the different dialects and not even considering Arabic. So I have two languages per dialect. And so for Iranian Persian, I have French and Turkish. So from a very modern perspective, there's been a lot of um, European influences, particularly through French and then Turkish influences. And um, that sort of exists in contrast to Afghan dialect to Dari, which has more English. And then I also put Pashto because, you know, they're both used in Afghanistan and a lot of people sort of flip between them. We use Pashto words in Dari and don't even think about it a lot of times. But there are moments in speaking Persian where the Farsi word will use a French loan word while the Dari word will use an English loan word. And that, you know, a really simple example of that is like the word for shower. Iranians generally generally will use the word douche, which comes from French. While in Dari, the standard word is shawar, coming from shower. And then for Tajik, just sort of sitting out there by itself, um, I'd say probably the largest influences are Russian and then Uzbek words, um, or any sort of local, whether it's Turkic words or a minority language within uh, within Tajikistan, their words. Um, There's a lot of debate about which dialect has more of an influence in Arabic, particularly when discussing sort of Iranian Persian versus Afghan Persian. I honestly don't really know. Um, for me, like as an Arabic speaker, I really see, you know, just a large amount of Arabic words in both dialects. I've heard some people say that because Dari has Pashto words, because Dari has these English loan words coming from more recent years in Afghanistan, um, because coming from the British, that it has less Arabic loan words than Farsi does and Iranian Persian. But I've also heard almost literally the opposite, where because there was a period of sort of purification of the Persian language that was very much censured in Iran, although a lot of it happened prior to the establishment of the modern sort of nation state boundaries of Iran and Afghanistan, that that because of this purification movement, Farsi now has less Arabic words than Dari. I, I don't know. I'm not going to not going to really get into it because I don't think it matters that much. We're probably looking at, you know, a difference of maybe 100 words or something. Um But I do want to talk about, for example, like sometimes between the dialects, a word will exist in all three, but they're used differently across the dialects or they one is used more than another. And I think that's an interesting point that there are words that I might use in Dari or an Afghan might use when speaking Dari or a Tajik might use when speaking Tajik that an Iranian will understand because they are still Persian words. And if, you know, if you're educated in Persian, 
you know, you'll know these words, but they're just not the most common words. So like a really common example of this for those of us who have studied these dialects is like in Iran, if you want to say something's big, you say Bozork. But in Tajikistan and Afghanistan, you usually say Kalon. Um, but Bozork works in Afghanistan and Tajikistan and Kalon makes sense to an Iranian. It's just not the first word that they would go to. Or one of the examples that I've given before when talking about my experience of learning Persian is the difference between Ishtibah Kardan versus Qalat Kardan in Iran. While Ishtibah Kardan doesn't really almost ever get used in uh, Afghanistan and Tajikistan, while Qalat Kardan is the most common word for to make a mistake. Or sometimes the words sort of change meanings, kind of like that. So like Bache in Iran just means like a kid or a child. But Bacha in Afghanistan usually means son or boy. And the more gender-neutral word for a child is kudak. But kudak also exists in Iran. So if you say kudak in Iranian, we'll understand you. It might sound maybe more rural or something, but it's not like it's a word that doesn't exist in Farsi. One more example that I wrote down here is, oh, the sort of polite pronoun um, in the third person. So not when you're speaking to somebody. When you're speaking to somebody, you use shomal, and that's used across the dialects. But when you're speaking about somebody and you want to be polite, in Iran, the common thing with politeness is to just flip into the plural. And so you'll hear like ishan or ishun, and then the plural form of the verb. While Dari and Tajik both have a specific third person singular polite pronoun, which is in, in Dari, it's way or way. And in Tajikistan, it's vai. Again, like you'll see it in literary Persian, especially in classical Persian. So Iranians who are, you know, educated, who have been at least through high school, have seen this pronoun. It's not like it's a word that doesn't exist in Persian. It's just not used anymore. And so it's it's going to sound very kitabi, very formal, very sort of classical if you use it regularly. But especially in like nice standard Dari or nice standard Tajik, the word vei or way is used a fair amount, actually. Like, I see it in the news all the time, but I still don't see it in Iranian news. Um, I have. I've seen it. Um, and maybe it's just a question of register of speech and formality. But especially in colloquial forms, Ishan as a plural in Iranian Persian is super, super common. Those are all of the examples that I've written down there. I'm sure, of course, there are more examples of the differences and of words that are used in one dialect versus another. And Honestly, that's probably like one of the biggest differences between the dialects outside of pronunciation is just word choice. And that's not abnormal when we're talking about dialectal variation. So I don't want to spend forever talking about it. But these are a few that popped into my head, a few examples that were given in articles describing the different dialects. So I really did just sort of want to hit those as examples. But if there's something I didn't mention, obviously, there is plenty more out there, I'm sure. Okay, so now I want to move on to morphosyntax. Um, honestly, it's mostly just morphology. It's mostly grammar. The syntactic issues aren't super, super different between the three, so I'm not really going to go into them a whole lot. And they're usually like verbally related. That it's a, it's a distinction of verbal structure and maybe a slight difference in word order. So anyways, I want to focus on sort of what we might call as lay people, like just grammatical differences. One of the most glaring features that is a difference between the three dialects was something that, again, I was never taught. The first time I heard it in Iranian Persian, after having studied Tajik and Dari, I was like, oh, that's a thing? I just, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. And this is a periphrastic 
progressive construction. So the progressive is like saying ing in English. So I am doing something. It's marking that this thing is in progress right now, or at the time of the speech. And in Tajik, I was told this was a thing, and I was taught it. And then I was told like this is a Tajik specific thing. And then in Dari, I was told that that didn't exist. So I just assumed it didn't exist in Iranian Persian. Apparently it does. Um, or I mean, obviously it does now. But at the time when I first found out, I was like, oh. So, um, in Iranian Persian, and this is purely colloquial Iranian Persian, it doesn't technically exist in formal Iranian Persian, you use the verb doshtan followed by a regular verb afterwards. So you say, like, I am going right now, you say, doram miravam, doram miram, like, I'm going. And it very much sort of emphasizes the progressive nature of this. Now, I've seen some articles, and I actually watched a woman give a presentation at a conference about um, how... This can also be used in other in other aspectual forms, so to say, like to almost do something, especially in the past. But I don't know how much of it is about the use of the imperfect after the verb or past or whatever, because again, I don't use it very often. But so, for example, if I want to say I almost died, which actually story time when I lived in in Los Angeles, I had one really good friend who is Iranian. Obviously, like I had several colleagues, or whatever, but I had one friend, I would go to her house, her mom and I would practice, like her mom would practice Persian with me, we would talk and hang out. Um, and we had a lot of fun together. And I still talk to her. And um, she drove like insane. It's a bad stereotype. She was just a really crazy bad driver. And so I asked her one day, I was like, how would I tell your mom, like, I almost died if she asked me, like, hey, how are you today? And, and so apparently this is the construction. You also use doshtan, but with the past tense. But again, I don't know if this is just the verb to die or if this is the use of the simple past instead of saying the progressive past. So, for example, if I say doshtan mordam, it means I almost died. And it doesn't mean I was dying. It just means I almost died. So this construction actually has multiple features, but its primary form of using doshtan plus the actual like uh, the progressive form of the verb the me form of the verb is a progressive now in dari this does not exist at all there is nothing there's no way to go around it you can say like man dad hale cheese has time whatever you know to say in the process of doing it but there is no real construction if you hear they're running construction it's alone and in tajik this has a different construction which actually is another loan from Central Asian Turkic languages and it uses the past participle plus the verb istodan meaning to stand. So for example if I want to say I am going, I say rafta istoda am. So you also put in the present perfect. So rafta istodam means I am going. And this is literary Tajik, like proper Tajik. Um, if I remember correctly in colloquial Tajik this gets really sort of cropped down to the istodam becomes like Istoram or Isram or something. Anyways, um, so this definitely gets cropped down in colloquial forms, but in literary proper Tajik, past participle plus Istodan in the present perfect is means to be in the process of doing something, to be doing it. Keeping in line with the concept of the use of past participles in Tajik, you can also use past participles in Tajik with modal verbs. I'm thinking particularly the verb Tavonistan, meaning to be able to, and you can do this in Dari too, actually. So if you want to say, like, I'm able to go, we'll use the verb to go, since that's the example we've been using. You could say in Tajik, rafta metavonam, and in Dari, rafta metonam. And using the past participle with the form of tavonistan, just, you know, it, it just means I can do that thing. 
to build this construction in Iranian Persian, you would just use the 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 subjunctive. You use like a serial subjunctive here. So you would say like mitunam or mitonam, mitonam beravam or or yani mitunam beram in colloquial Persian. But uh, this is yeah, this is literally indicative plus subjunctive with nothing in between them. Whereas in Tajik, you use the past participle plus the modal verb, and you can do this with other modals too. Um, the one exception to this is in Tajik, if you want to use the verb khostan, meaning to want, you use the infinitive. So you can say, raftan me khoham, I want to go. You want to say, raftan me khoham, that sounds wrong and weird. Now, because of the influence of Iranian Persian and this use of this sort of serial subjunctive, you can do this in Tajik as well. So you might hear, you know, Tajik say, me tonam bidavam. Or honestly, probably more commonly, metonam ravam. So that's another weird feature about the differences between them is that historically the the subjunctive was not prefixed with a be, and Tajik has held on to this, while the ba prefixing has come into Iranian Persian and Afghan Persian into you know Farsi and Dari. This prefixing though, like, does exist now in Tajik, probably because of an influence from Iranian Persian and Afghan Persian. So now in Tajik, you will hear the bad prefixing, you'll see it written. It's not wrong, it's not abnormal, but you'll also see forms without the bad, and they're both perfectly okay. And I've seen them, you know, like on the same news outlet website. It just depends on the person and how they want to write. That you might see something that just has a unmarked present form as the subjunctive, so something like ravam, and you might see forms with a bad prefixing that says biravam, or b prefixing in Tajik because it's written the, with, with the Cyrillic. But it's not mandatory in Tajik to use the bat. Whereas if I said like, you know, Micham Ravam or Micham Ram, like that doesn't make sense in Iran. So you have to say Beram or Beravam. You have to use the ba to create the subjunctive. Speaking of Tajik specific things, like, you know, having no ba prefixing in the subjunctive, Tajik also has a yes or no question particle, which comes very clearly from Central Asian Turkic languages. And that word is mi, sometimes pronounced, sometimes pronounced mi. Very clearly comes from Uzbek, probably. So even in basic, like, how are you things, like, or you can ask somebody, like, Nagsme, like, are you all right? From the word Nags, which means good, you know, or I'm trying to think, like, Durusme or something, like, is that right or whatever. People, people will just use this as a yes or no, especially in short, short questions. But it definitely exists in longer forms as well, for sure. Another thing that exists in sort of just one dialect as opposed to other dialects is um, the future form in Dari. Now, none of these dialects are really like committed to the use of a future. They all have a literary future form, which is all pretty much the same, which is, I have to think about it, which is the present errorist, or I guess the errorist, or again, this unmarked present subjunctive conjugated with the person followed by the past stem. So for example, I will go would be khaham raft you will go khahiv raft uh, he will go khahad raft and so on and so forth this is very literary and proper like in Iranian Persian you really won't hear this ever spoken um, you might hear it slightly in Dari every now and then um, but it definitely like yeah it's not a it's not really a common thing you'll only see it in writing most people will just use the present tense plus some sort of adverb so you'll see things like you know miram farda like I'm going tomorrow However, Afghan Persian ju- does have its own version of a future tense. You definitely hear this more in like future perfects, but 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 you do see it, especially if you want to like emphasize it, like 
like if you're really emphasizing the will like but but will you do this are you like you promise like you're going to do this you will do this you're like yes i will and what has happened actually is the word had from the third person singular of this construction has been shortened in colloquial speech to hot and now you sometimes you'll see people write it hot and then to compensate for the loss of the personal ending, we now conjugate in the past tense instead of just putting the past tense or the instead of just putting the past stem. So hot raftam or hot kardam, I will go, I will do. Hot raft, hot kard, he will go, he will do. Like I said, you'll definitely hear this maybe more as like a future. I'm trying to think like as a future perfect. Like karde chat boot, like 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 it will be done or something. Again, that's not super common, but but it is something that's very peculiar to Dari, and I've used it before in front of Iranian teachers, and they're like, "What? What did you just say? What is that?" And people sort of look at me funny about it, and you know, whatever, that's fine. But this is a form that really only exists in Dari. Tajik doesn't have anything like this. One sort of last thing that I have written down and then another one just popped into my head is um, I wrote down here Tajik and Dari both have Arabic broken plurals so for those of you who don't know Arabic nouns don't have regular plural forms um, some do some get suffixed but the majority of nouns in Arabic take what we call broken plurals which is where the plural pattern is built into the overall pattern of the noun and so rather than a suffix that tells me this is plural the entire vocalic structure of the noun changes so things like Kitab, meaning book, becoming kutub, books. Or khabar, meaning uh, a piece of news, khabar, becoming akhbar. This exists and stays when Arabic loanwords come into Persian. And so technically in Iranian Persian, these are proper forms. If you say akhbar, again, nobody's going to look at you and be like, that's wrong. Some of them are more common than others. So like, I would never say kitab, I would never say kutub, kutub. It sounds very formal, very literary. You hear it in 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 um in compound forms, so like kutub khane, meaning like a, like a library. But I would always just say kitaba, um, with the with the Persian suffixed plural form. But then other forms, you know, you can have both. So something like akhbar versus khabar ha. But something that I've noticed is that that the maintenance of these Arabic plurals seems to be more common in Afghanistan and Tajikistan. So, like, if you pull up Tajik news, they call it Akhbar. Afghan news, Akhbar. Although, no, you'll also hear, like, Sakhate Khabarha. So you'll hear Khabarha. But in Iran, like, you almost solely hear Khabarha. You won't hear Akhbar. So these sorts of things where maybe a specific grammatical form that might be a little bit more literary, more formal, is more common in Tajik or more common in Dari, that's that's totally a thing. With that comes even like native Persian forms. So like the proper literary plural of bache is bachegon. I in colloquial Persian, definitely you don't hear bachegon, you hear bache ha from bache ha. Ha is sort of replacing everything now in colloquial Persian, which is fine. This is how language changes. But you will still hear bachegon or bachegon in Tajik, even in colloquial Tajik, and probably only in literary Dari, but maybe also in colloquial Dari as well. You'll definitely hear Bacha, or no, you'll probably hear like Kurakon, Kuraka, more common than you would hear Bacha. I have to think about this or listen for it more, but yeah, these sorts of things where maybe the more proper literary form is still a little bit more common even in colloquial speech in Dari and Tajik. This, 
this is definitely a common sort of thing that you see happening and playing out. Now, in the case of Tajik, there's definitely more that we could go into. And honestly, I don't have notes on it. And again, I'm just way more comfortable in Dari than I am in Tajik. But there's also a lot of stuff about Tajik that happens in colloquial Tajik in specific areas. So like Tajik inside of Uzbekistan has way more Uzbek influence. Even honestly, like colloquial Dushanbe Tajik has a lot more going on there than I'm even aware because I've never been to Tajikistan and I really worked more with Afghan dialect and, and, and with Afghans here in the States than I did with Tajiks. But I've heard things from friends who like, they work on Persian-Turkic language contact. And so Tajik is really a wealth for that, um, as is Uzbek on the other side of it. And so I've seen people, you know, lay out how entire verbal constructions that should not exist in Tajik exist because they're calcs of Uzbek verbal constructions. Um, so if there's there's definitely more there if you're interested in it, and I can probably find some articles and links for you guys if anybody wants to see that, you can reach out to me. But it, I don't know, it felt one very specific. Um, not that I shouldn't be talking about Tajik, but it's just, it's not even like in standard Tajik or even standard Dushanbe Tajik. I think it's really something that's specific to like Samarkandi or Bukhara Tajik as opposed to sort of standard Dushanbe or like Northern Southern Tajik, like what you would hear in like, you know, Khojander or 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 Khorok or something. So I'm, I'm I didn't want to get into those, but there's definitely more there on the Tajik side. I think I've hit most of the major differences on the Dari side, but the Tajik side definitely has a lot more there for those who are interested. As always, I hope you all enjoyed this sort of series and specifically today's episode. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you want to give me more examples. By all means, please reach out to me. I love talking about this topic. I'd love to learn more about it if you're a native speaker with these dialects. And I'd love to share, you know, some of the readings and things that uh, that I have on these topics. So if you want to get in touch with me, I am polyglot Aaron, P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-E-R-I-N, on all major social media, especially Instagram, and at gmail.com. So if you have any questions, any feedback, whatever it is, please reach out to me and get in touch with me. And yeah. Also, for those who are interested, I'm currently in the process of trying to set up some Arabic courses. I know it's not related to Persian, but if you have been interested in studying Arabic, you've never started before. Um, I'm trying to start up an elementary Arabic class in small groups of probably no more than like five or six people. So please reach out to me again, if you're interested in that and let me know. And I will see you all next time.